One of the things that we want to do as a church is to encourage you on your walk with Christ. And we want to do that by being able to ask you a series of questions. And so right now we're spending some time talking about the five questions that we want to, to give to each other, to have with each other so we can kind of start a conversation. Uh, the first one is, how are you being changed by Jesus? The second one is, how are you being discipled and who are you discipling? The third question is, where are you finding Christ-centered, life-affirming community? Are you in a group, Sunday school class? Fourth, who is the lost person you're praying for and having gospel conversations with? And fifth, what in the world is breaking your heart and what are you doing about it? Five questions to start a conversation. Today, we're gonna to focus on number four. Who is the lost person you're praying for and having gospel conversations with? You are praying for someone, right? You are having a gospel conversation with someone, right? Well, maybe it's a good thing we're going to talk about it. Stand with me in honor of God's word as we read a very familiar story that is recorded for us in the 15th chapter of Luke, beginning with verse 1. And the tax collectors and the sinners were approaching and listening to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were complaining, this man welcomes sinners, and he eats with them. So Jesus then told them this parable, what a man among you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them? Does not leave the ninety and nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together saying to them, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. What one of you, when the 100 sheep loses one of them, doesn't leave the 99 in the open field and go look for the lost one? This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Break our hearts for what breaks your heart. And let us join you on this search for the lost, on this quest of redemption. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, the Pharisees were upset. There were standards. There were people on this side of the track and people on that side of the track. And if you're on this side of the track, you don't have anything to do with those people on the other side of the track. And what in the world will happen to society if the standards are lost and we don't know who's on what side of what track? There are sinners around you, Jesus, and you're eating with them. It's one thing to have to live and work with sinners. It's another thing to invite them to your table. So Jesus tells a story. And you know, sometimes Jesus asks the most ridiculous questions, right? 
So Jesus tells a story about a farmer, a shepherd, who has a hundred sheep. And at the end of the day, he counts his sheep and he realizes he's one short. So which one of you, Jesus says, wouldn't leave your 99 found sheep in the open field? Not in a pen, in an open field. Wait a minute, you've just lost one in the open field. Now you're going to risk 99 in an open field. Which one of you would not leave the 99 and go and find the one that is lost? Who wouldn't do that? Me? You? No one listening to Jesus? Let me get this straight. I'm in charge of 100 sheep. I'm keeping them in the wild, okay? This is not mechanized farming. Uh, this is not barbed wire and fences. This is in the open field. There are predators in the open field and every now and then one of those predators would get a lamb or a sheep that had wandered off, was inattentive, whatever. It's the cost of doing business, right? We would count 98, 99. 99 out of 100 is not bad, right? We wouldn't sweat it. It's the cost of doing business. We'd be grateful to God that we hadn't lost more and we would anticipate making it up somehow in the days and weeks ahead. It's just the cost of doing business. Which one of you would leave the 99 and go find the one? None of us. It's just the cost of doing business. It's just about the numbers. Do you know the difference between a general and a squad leader? A general will sit in headquarters and draw out the battle plans and will ask the experts about the statistics of the battle a number will come back and then the general will decide on whether or not that are, those are acceptable losses. We will lose this many airplanes, we will lose this many tanks, we will lose this many ships, we will lose this many soldiers and sailors and flyers. It's a number. To a squad leader, It's a name. The acceptable loss is a name. In John, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. You know how he defines the good shepherd? I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Every day we're bombarded with statistics and studies about how many people aren't going to church anymore, about the numbers of people who don't believe in God anymore. This percentage, that percentage, 60%, 65%, the stats and the percentages. But to Jesus, there aren't numbers. their names. Names that he knows.
And I know a lot of us get uncomfortable when we talk about gospel conversations. We don't want to be pushy with our faith. Uh, we, we don't want to uh, make people feel uncomfortable. And a lot of us still have PTSD from growing up in Baptist churches like I did, where you were held over hell like a marshmallow every week. And, and, and we would sing a hundred verses of just as I am. So finally somebody would agree to confess something so the rest of us could go home. You made a decision. I, I won't ever make anybody feel that way. I won't ever put any kind of pressure on anybody. And that's fine. I understand that. But the first question that comes up in the relationship should be about the difference in your own life. You see, there's nothing more powerful, nothing more indisputable than the power of a changed life. You remember in the early chapters of Acts when Peter and John healed uh, the lame man going into the temple. There's a huge discussion after, after that event. And everybody's arguing about who has the authority and who has the power and who has the right to do this. And finally, Luke writes in the story, the man who had been healed was standing right there. At the end of the day, the thing you could not argue with was this man was lame at the beginning of the day and now he is standing up. You can't argue with the power of a changed life. You know, some of us don't want to stand out. Some of us do not want to be recognized as a Christian or a Christ follower. And we're blending into the world so well Jesus can't find us. You do stick out because you follow Jesus. You do stick out because you handled life differently. And there should be questions about, wow, you are a different kind of father. You're a different kind of mother. Your marriage is different. The way you respond to your children, the way you handle pressure, the way you handle the ups and downs of life, all of that should be very, very different. And it begins one of the things that frustrates me right now is the world is asking questions for which Jesus is the answer. Questions about identity, who am I? Purpose, meaning, hope, all of those are Jesus' questions. The world is asking them and what the world says back is, well, try it. If you don't like it, do something else. Trial and error. And what the world won't tell you is most of those trials end up in error. And those errors mark you for the rest of your life. My friends in real estate tell me that something is only worth something, what somebody's willing to pay for it. Here's what we know. On the day that your life and my life was required, Jesus, paid for us with his own life on the cross. That's how much you're worth. Amen. That's how you're validated. You are loved. You are validated. <clears throat> and the best the world can do is a like. On social media, somebody will like me. Is that the best you got? Yeah. When you're validated by the cross of Jesus Christ, 
when you're blessed day in and day out by his presence in your life. That kind of qualitative difference should start a gospel conversation. Have you ever been lost? Do you ever think about what it is for your friends to be lost? Ah, some of you are saying, I, I've got GPS. I'm never lost. You haven't been lost till GPS loses you. <laughs> You've been somewhere and you didn't know where you were. Didn't know how you got there. Didn't know how to get back. Lost. You know, sometimes people can get so lost that the only hope they have is for someone to come and find them. You know, there's a law of the sea that says if you see another sailor in distress, you are obligated by the law of the sea to stop and render aid. If you do not stop, you are held liable for the life of that sailor. It's the law of the sea. There is a law of love that says when you know someone is lost, you have to go find them. It's the law of love. Now I know. You read this story and you say, listen, I, it's a little over the top, Mike. <laughs> I don't know of anybody that would leave 99 healthy sheep and go look for a lost one. I know. Until I remember the day when that lost sheep was me. Oh, I know. Leaving 99 to go find one. <laughs> A little over the top, isn't it? until you remember the day when that lost sheep was you. Who is the lost person you're praying for? And having gospel conversations with. Let's pray together.
I'm not going to put you on the spot or embarrass you. I don't want to do that. I do want to give you a few moments to think about the lost person you know for every one of you here. A name is coming to your, to your mind. It may be somebody in your neighborhood. It may be somebody in your own family. It may be somebody you work with or go to school with, but you know who they are. So will you join me in just praying for them? That's all. Just pray. And commit to pray for this person every day. Will you think about practicing what you will say and how you will say it? if and when the gospel conversation opens up for you. Remember, you're not in charge of this. We're there to be obedient to the spirit as the spirit leads. So would you practice? Here's what I will say, here's what I will do. And then will you pray for that conversation to come? Maybe you're here and it is the first time you have thought about a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's okay. Everybody starts somewhere. You've got lots of questions. That's okay. We don't expect you to have it all figured out. That's why we're waiting for you in the Welcome Center. Head out of here, turn left. You'll see it. We're waiting right there so we can begin this conversation with you and answer your questions. Maybe you want to know more about Brentwood Baptist Church. You come. Don't leave with those questions still unanswered. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. So we pray now the choices we make are exactly what you want.